Welcome to Entrepreneur Conundrum with Virginia Purnell, where growing entrepreneurs share how they get visible online. Hi, everyone. Today I'm talking with Marquis Murray about how he helps businesses grow through optimizing their systems. Marquis is the CEO and founder of Ditto, a systems improvement and process optimization consultancy. They help marketing and e-commerce teams get the most out of their technology by standardizing their operating systems and improving their processes. He and his team achieve this by visually mapping current and future state processes, documenting standard operating procedures, so SOPs, implementing software to automate and standardize how teams work, and most importantly, they train teams on how to be more efficient and effective each day. As a serial entrepreneur, Mark, he is no stranger to growing and leading successful teams. In his nearly 15 years in the industry, one thing that hasn't changed is the rate in which stress and burnout affects leaders of organizations and their teams. He and his team Ditto are on a mission to eliminate burnout for good so that teams can focus on the work without the issue of not knowing where or how the work is happening. Welcome, Marquis. Thank you so much, Virginia. Good to be here. I'm glad that you're with us today. Can you give us a little bit of background about how you came to where you are in your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, I'd love to do that. And then how far back we want to go. But um, <laughs> my, my background is originally in in, in business. Um, I, I worked in the corporate world for, for quite a while in operations. And so um, I, I was in that industry. And it just, like anybody else, I had, you know, aspirations for more. And so I I moonlighted as a freelancer um, and, you know, dabbled in digital marketing. And I also had a um, small recording business that I did from home, which was more of just a hobby. But my, my background and how I got my start into all this really started from the need to promote my own business and get my own customers. And, you know, all of this was going on while I had a full-time job. And so I taught myself digital marketing. I bought courses online and, you know, I, I did all this in an effort to run my own Google ads and Facebook ads and do SEO work for my, my small uh, but mighty home recording studio. And uh, it turned out that I was quite good at it and I enjoyed it. And so friends and family started to see what I was doing. And like anyone getting their start, I was doing a lot of pro bono work at the time, just trying to get some more experience. And that really grew into me deciding to leave my corporate job the, the kind of in between there is we had twin boys on the way. And so I knew that, you know, staying in that world wouldn't, you know, give me the life that I wanted, you know? And so we made this big change. I went back to school and studied digital marketing management while I was on parental leave and looking to transition <clears throat> to a new career. All the while, you know, um, I had a few clients coming in that also wanted, you know, digital marketing work, whether it be social media promotion or SEO or website development, which I also taught myself because I had to do it for my own, you know, side hustle mm -hmm. at the time. And 
Fast forward, I, I got connected with a local digital marketing agency, more or less created a job for myself, um, which was a great experience in itself. But, you know, it was through working, you know, at other agencies, through doing the procurement and the management of the projects and trying to optimize how that company was working. Um, I really, you know, felt like I, I had and was equipped with everything that I needed to go and start my own agency. And so I left that that um, digital marketing agency about a year later and started my own um, digital marketing agency, which I called Media Crate. Now, I know everyone has a 2020 story. Everyone remembers kind of where they were. And it was at that point where I had a decision to make. The pandemic was upon us. And a lot of my customers said that they you know, needed to pull back on their spend and they weren't sure when they were going to restart. And so a few days after the announcements, I uh, lost about 70% of the business and I had a decision to make again, which was what were we going to do next? The, the part that I left out in the building of the marketing agency was that over time, customers were coming in, my team was growing, and I needed a way to better organize and systematize how I was working. I needed a better way to organize my leads that were coming in. I needed a better way to manage my projects. And as the team was growing, I needed a better way to onboard them. And what was happening is that I was doing uh, and having a lot of the same conversations over and over and over again until out of frustration, really, if I'm being honest, you know, I said, I'm going to go write this stuff down. I'm going to record some videos and I'm going to give it to you. And anyone that's new who's coming in can just go and watch the videos and they'll know how to do it. And that really grew into what Ditto is today, helping businesses systemize how they work, create standards through, you know, operating procedures and implementing software to make work easier. So th that's probably the shortest and quickest version I can give you, Virginia. I hope that was that, that summarized it well enough. It was a great journey. <laughs> Sounds like <laughs> a, a good character building journey, too. Absolutely, it was. So who's your ideal client these days? Yeah, we work with um, mid-size and enterprise companies. Because of my background in marketing, this is where I'm really fortunate for spending the time that I did running the agency. We work with a lot of marketing teams. And so these people are uh, marketing directors, they're VPs um, of marketing, operations, personnel, project managers, creative directors, anyone that would, you know, oversee a, a team and have some kind of need to improve either the visibility into the work that the team is producing, the, the status of the work that the team is producing, or just need a way to help their teams to work better together. A lot of the problems we see is these teams will come to us or these leaders of these teams will come to us and say, you know, how do we we have a lot of silos right now. How do we break down the silos? How do we create standards for our team? Some people are using, you know, Trello. Some people are using Monday. Others are using Jira. You know, we need one project management tool. We need to have all the documentation in one place. How can we work better? And so within these larger companies, we'll work with teams typically of about 20 to 50 people at a time, just helping them figure out better ways to work together. And where appropriate, we use software to automate as much of it as we possibly can. That must help the teams out quite a lot. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, there's a, there's a lot that goes into it and we we do a lot of digging and work with with the teams and you know we we hear things like, you know, 
the the team knows our processes better than we do, you know, and so that that's really our goal is to come in and find a better way and implement a better way to work, and then, like you said in the bio, train their teams and how to work and think in this new way as well. So yeah, we we see huge um, impacts to teams and how they're working today. Is there something that like a technique or whatever that you use that you wish your clients or future clients knew about? A technique. I am all about efficiency. Like my 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 life is systematized and everything is is in order. I love order. And one of the things that I do in my day, I didn't create it, but it's a, a 4D time management framework. And so I bucket any of my emails or any of the tasks that I have to do into one of four buckets. Something that I need to do, something I need to defer something I need to delegate or something I need to delete. And so do is like urgent and important, right? And defer is important, but not urgent. Delegate is the opposite of that, where it's urgent and not important. And I mean, not important as in, it's not important for me to do. I can ask another member on my team to do that. And then the last delete is it's neither urgent or important, Right. These are things that are aligned to say my vision, aren't aligned to um, things that, you know, bring me joy or are in my zone of genius. And so any task, any email that needs a response, it's bucketed into one of those four buckets. And it allows me to really prioritize my work and spend time on the things that are going to move the needle, are going to get me uh, closer to my vision. And so it's a really great framework to just say, what's important, what am I working on today? And anything that's outside of that, I just don't touch. So that's something that we recommend to a lot of our customers. And um, I often will teach as well as a way to prioritize all of the tasks and work that will come across your desk. Okay. So how does your company get in front of your ideal clients? Uh, Like in the media, social media, online world, or in general? Yeah. (laughs) Our, our biggest driver right now um, is YouTube. We are Asana Solutions Partners. And so I live, sleep, eat, and breathe Asana. And uh, when I made the decision to open up Ditto, we had a choice. We had a choice of who we were going to hitch our wagon to. And I was looking and doing some research into different project management tools. I had been using Asana in my personal life, but I dabbled in Trello and Teamwork and Monday and other tools. And I did some YouTube searches because I wanted to learn about the different tools. And I really loved what Asana was doing, but there wasn't a lot of you know technical um, information or training on the tool online. There are a couple people on there that are doing a great job, but it wasn't the information that I needed. And so I decided that I was going to make my own channel and I was going to do the research and provide the answers to all the people like me that were seeking it. And so YouTube right now is our biggest driver for lead generation. People watch my videos online. They book a call or go to the website to learn more and then book a call. And it it feels like they've already been nurtured. There's trust there already. Um, And so that's where people are finding us. I spend a lot of my time on LinkedIn as well, sharing blogs um, that I write and other um, various articles. From, from third parties, but YouTube works so well. And I'm, I'm just so glad that I started it when I did because it's just, it's so much more competitive now. But yeah, the, the, that has to be the, the biggest uh, driver of activity, qualified activity for us currently. That's fun. 
So what are some big goals that you have for the next year or two? Hmm. We have so we have so many. What's interesting is that February 2022, we released our our 2025 Vivid Vision. If you're a fan of Cameron Harold or have read the, the book Vivid Vision, it talks about what your ideal future state looks like three years from now. And so one of the big goals that I can speak to that I can say we're definitely on track with is being the the largest Asana consultancy in in North America. And so we're going to do that through education and entertainment. And so edutainment is is really the term. There's a lot of dry content out there. (laughs) And there's a lot of people that really want to learn the tools and they want it to be digestible um, and easy to understand. And, And, you know, when it comes to us working with our clients, adoption is always the biggest hurdle. And so if we can create content and train our customers in a way that is easy for them to understand and, and they feel like, you know, the superhero in the story, that they've learned this new skill around this tool, that, that that's one of the areas that we're looking to affect change in over the next year or so. And we're, we're doing that through a, a course that we're, you know, in pre-sales for and various other channels as well. So if I had to break it down, that's that's the one that I think we're we're really on track for, and it's the most important to us right now. How would that goal change your business? Hmm. It would make it so that when anyone thought about Asana or saw the word Asana, um, they would think of Ditto, right? We would be so visible in the the online world and in the marketplace that anything around education, they would just be funneled to one of our many training platforms and resources online. And so, yeah, brand alignment is obviously there. We're solutions partners and we're always looking to be the best partners we can. But I think, you know, aligning those two brands and just having that visibility would, would change the business immensely. What do you feel like is your number one roadblock from achieving that goal? That's a good question. We're always... Whenever I'm on sales calls, the the biggest thing that I'm always up against, if the lead hasn't been nurtured or if they haven't visited YouTube already, at that point, I'm trying to play catch up. I'm trying to say, hey, you should go take a look at these um, as I'm nurturing the lead. But oftentimes, the the price is the biggest the biggest blocker, and I'm you know competing against other consultants, um, other individuals that you know can come on at a hourly rate can, you know, do the work and do what's instructed uh, or do what they're instructed to do. Um, And so that's probably our our biggest hurdle right now um, when it comes to closing opportunities. But the the real difference, and again, like you said in the bio is, you know, taking the current state processes of any business and thinking objectively, how can we make this better? Right, the, the the difference between hiring us or a consultancy would or a individual individual consultant, <clears throat> sorry, would be we're coming and we're thinking through all the different variations of this process. We are stress testing them. We are providing solutions to the customer that they may not even have thought about. And so, sorry, long way to answer to say that you know. <laughs> Consultants are, are definitely our, our biggest roadblock right now, but the, the, there's a huge difference when it comes to how we work versus an individual would work. Yeah, it's like, it's kind of like what you, you pay for what you get or you get for what you pay for. That's it, exactly. Like I'm kind of, in my mind, I'm envisioning like a McDonald's hamburger versus like 
some deluxe burger joint type of idea. You know it. You know it. Exactly. <laughs> That's so a what's great the, analogy. Oh, thank you. What's the best advice that you have ever received? Wow. Um, the best advice that I've ever received would be, and it, it's been made very popular because of one author, and I won't even say their name, but discover what your why is. I have a mentor who years ago when I was journeying and trying to figure stuff out, asked me a question and it was, why would someone fly you across the world to do business with you? So like, what is unique about you? And what is your North Star? What is your why? What is the reason why you get out of bed every single day? And at the time I was being asked this question, I didn't have an answer. And it was, we were trying to figure out what was next for the business. But I would say everyone, you know, it doesn't matter what your role is in a company. If you're the leader, if you are, you know, you know, working under a manager, it doesn't matter. What is your why? Why are you doing what you're doing aside from making money? Um, that's why some of the best advice that I've ever been given, because when you really take the time to go away and think through it, you find out a lot about yourself. You find out your values. You find out what's important to you. You find out what will really get you out of the um, bed every single morning and why do you continue to do what you do? And I, I think that helps us to make a lot of really important life decisions. And so whether it's business or personal, I would challenge anyone to find your why. Mm, really good. I like that. And I think a lot of times, like we don't really think about transferring that over into our personal lives. It's true. It's true. And, and I feel like a lot of our identities are wrapped up in our in our jobs a lot of time, right? And I, mm -hmm. I feel like it's so important to discover who you are on the inside because we we all saw over the last few years, you know, how your job can, you know, be gone in a, in a in a matter of you know, days. And when a lot of people root their identity and who they are in what they do versus, you know, why they do what they do, because that is transferable across different industries and different jobs. But if you're so wrapped up and consumed in what you do, you're always going to be chasing for th that next thing and, you know, more or less tiring yourself out. I like that because that doesn't necessarily define who you are. Like my husband, when people ask him what he does, he's like, I'm a welder by trade. Right. And then they kind of give him a funny look. He's like, that's not who I am. He's like, I'm not a welder. I don't identify as one. He's like, I'm a father and mm -hmm. a husband. Like that's, that's who it. he identifies as, as. That's it. That's exactly it. Yeah. And so like, if I can kind of, you know, close out that thought, I mean, I eventually got to the place and this was the catalyst for kicking off Ditto. It was my why, why I get out of bed and I'm my ideal client. You know, there's been a lot of success, you know, since this point, but it was to help entrepreneurs live the life of freedom they started their business to achieve. That That's really my why. It's for me to live the life of freedom that I started my business to achieve because a lot of times we leave jobs and we start these things and we're so excited about it. And again, this is my story, you know, and we, we, we start doing all the things and doing it, doing it, doing it, as Michael Gerber would say in the e-myth. And we, we find ourselves in these jobs that we've created for ourselves that we hate, that have terrible hours, no overtime, no PTO, all of that. And so if I can come into a business and help them make the right hiring decisions, 
better train their teams, better align their teams and get better visibility on the information that helps them to make more data informed decisions, then I'm living up to my why and I'm helping them live more freedom. I'm helping create clarity within their teams so that those people can live more freedom. And it just continues to trickle down until everyone is so aligned and so clear on what's going on that we're eliminating all the in-between stuff that really plagues corporations today. And we talked about it earlier on with burnout being the number one thing. So that's why I'm here. That's been so kind of you. <laughs> Thank you. What's the best advice that you've ever given? To, I'm trying to think of the, the the best one here. I would say that you are the most important person in the world, right? In in whatever it is, you are the most important person in the world. You come first. You need to take care of yourself. Most importantly, whether it be physically or mentally or professionally, take care of yourself first. Um, others have referred to this as putting on your oxygen mask first, right? As long as you're in check, as long as you're ticking along, um, as long as you're taking the time out that you need to think, to breathe, and you're putting yourself first, you will be that much more well-equipped to be for others, to do for others, to to give back, but I think it all starts with you. I think a lot of times we we get caught up in the doing and the pleasing of other people that we forget to take care of ourselves. And so whenever you know I hear someone that's you know stressed or you know complaining and venting about their day and about their job and about all the things that we all deal with, whatever it is, it's you know um, you're the most important person in the world. What's good for you is the decision you need to make. Right. And you need to worry about others second. So true. I'm just self-reflecting. It is. As a parent, it can be hard sometimes, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. My wife, my, my, my wife and I had that conversation yesterday. Um, we have twin boys. They are, you know, going on seven years now. And we can only provide for them and be around for them and be our best selves for them and give them everything that they need or want or deserve if we're taking care of ourselves, right? Um, health mm -hmm. is is super important in that physical, again, and mental. And, you know, when your kids see you taking care of yourself, it's, it rubs off on them. They see you as, you know, role models that they can look up to as well. And so, yeah, th there's so much more that I could say on that um, <laughs> as a parent, but I know we only have limited time today. Maybe we'll just have to get you back. <laughs> Let's do that. So one thing that you guys implement, or at least have in your business, I believe, is automating your sales process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, sure. So like I mentioned, YouTube is our biggest driver for leads right now. And so... When, you know, a lead comes in, if they book a call, um, which is typically the, the call to action, either on the website or coming from YouTube or any of my other channels, they're coming in and we use HubSpot as our CRM. And so we have some workflows set up in the background that if they fill out a contact form, the lead is created. And then the next step in the pipeline is that they booked a 30 minute connect call. Once that 
that link or that meeting link has been sent and clicked and they've scheduled, it moves it to the next stage in the pipeline. And all in between, we use a tool called Text Expander, which basically it doesn't automate the process, but it creates snippets that you can use across all platforms, including your cell phone, so that all of our emails are all the same going out. So nine times out of 10, if you receive an email from me, that's like an outreach email. It's a snippet that I've just changed the name in the company, but it just, it just gets us through that process sooner. And so for each stage in our in our pipeline, once a connect call is completed, I move it to the next stage and a bunch of other tasks are automatically generated and assigned to the salesperson. Emails are then sent out to the to the lead, summarizing the call and the next steps. And so as we move through um, different stages, there are people on my team. So our accountant is notified when a proposal is sent and they need to review that. Um, when a proposal is won and closed and they've paid, we create an internal Slack channel, which, and then it sends a message to our group Slack channel to say, hey team, we've got another client, here's their name. We do a little celebration. And then from HubSpot to Asana, there are other automated tasks that are created there. One to the project manager that will be assigned that says, hey, we've got a new customer. You should make sure that you set up the, the project template. You should send the welcome email to the customer. Our accountant now has a task as well in Asana that says, can you set up all the invoices in our, in our booking system for the future? And then another one to the project manager to say, hey, you need to book the sales to operations handoff meeting so that we can really kickstart this. So there is very little that I do that's manual in, in the sales process anymore, in, including some of the follow-up. And so that, that's been a lot of trial and error, um, a lot of failed automations, but it's at a place right now where I know that it works and it works really well. But obviously there's always room for optimization. But uh, that, that's a quick snapshot of what it looks like currently. And having all of that in place and knowing it works, <laughs> um, it's easier to not have any dropped balls. Exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. Every morning I come in, the first thing that I do is I go through my sales tasks and that could be, you know, setting off a sequence or that could be, you know, setting off a nurture email, doing some follow-up. Um, all of our proposals are templated, all of our products are templated as well. And so yeah, it makes things so much easier when I can just walk in and a task that would, you know, take a few hours to say, write a proposal now takes minutes because we have everything really systemized and automated. So it, it's the world that I love, but yeah, it, it definitely works and makes things a lot easier. That's fun. I like having the systemization like that in, in place too. Yeah. What's one of the key things to have in place? Because you had talked about like companies kind of each kind of doing their own little thing within the company, but then trying to get like everybody on board and mm -hmm. then communication. Do you have any tips on like communication, whether it's implementing new systems or in your planning or anything like that? Yeah. I would say the biggest tip that I can provide is if you realize that there is a need to improve something, 
um, within a team of people. You could be two people or three people or 50 people. If there's a need to improve something, no one should ever feel like they need to do it on their own. Right. A lot of times we we're so in a process, we think, you know, we have the ideal solution for this. And I'm I'm guilty of this sometimes even. And you know, you think it would be so easy just to go in and do this one thing and fix it, right? And improve the process. But that might not be the case for team members A, B, and C. They may have another perspective on it, or they may be doing something in their day-to-day, you know, that you have no idea about that actually theirs is a better way. It's more efficient, it's more cost-effective. And so my, my my tip would be to involve your team members early and often. When it comes to improvement, you know, we always encourage our customers, and this is how we do our engagements, is we bring everyone together, the leaders, you know, the the people that are working underneath leadership, and we say, all right, tell us how you work, right? We evaluate all of that. We get them to talk about their day, their different processes, and then we always ask, what's not working? What are the pain points that you currently experience, right? And we get a laundry list of, of different things, and then we ask them, what would you think is the ideal way to go about this process? And every single time we get drastically different answers, right? These people, they have good ideas, but oftentimes we think that as leaders, we're just going to implement this one change because we can make that decision or, you know, we've thought about it and we think this is the best way. I would say involve your team, ask them for their feedback, and together as a group, you decide on what the best way is to do things. That improves adoption, that improves communication, because by the time we get to the end of the process, it is improved, it is in place, we've stress tested it, we've put it in a sandbox, it works, everyone's already on the same page, right? And then what's important about about, um, process improvement, ultimately, is that we all agree we're going to do the same thing, the same way in these, you know, taking these very specific steps. And one of the things we highlight in all of this is where is this information going to live, right? Where are we going to be able to access this? So when it comes to that communication, we already know because we've all agreed this is going to be housed in this tool under this header, right? And this is the new process. Anyone who is outside of the process improvement practice, you know, we're having meetings with them and we're walking them through the new the new process. What's what's really dangerous is assuming that because we've been talking about this, assuming that because they're close to this or that they're connected to it, that they know. Assuming that they're skilled in this certain area and we've hired them as a result, that they should just know and get it, right? But as long as we're communicating, we've established the what, the how, and the where together. I think that is the best way to set yourself up for for future successes. And not to belittle just because you assume, right? <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. You got <laughs> That's it. That's not going anywhere. <laughs> no. Awesome. Well, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you would like to share with us? Hmm. I I would say um, we hear a lot about like productivity you know, hacks and, and things like that in the workspace and in the corporate space. But I, I think what's what's important is just really protect your time, 
You know, like where are you spending your time? What are you doing? Um, is it is it moving the needle really at all, or are we, you know, getting into a headspace or or, or telling ourselves that we're we're doing important work, or are we are we filling our time just checking emails or deleting emails? Like I, I would say, really protect your time. Um, if there's anyone that's trying to you know get a meeting with you or to to connect to my earlier point about, you know, the vision or your why or your zone of genius, if it doesn't align with that, it, it's got to be a no. It's got to be a no because uh, the more you can say no to those things that aren't a good use of your time is the more you can say yes to the things that are are going to bring you joy and are going to move the needle for you. So I would just say protect your time. And again, you're the most important person in the world. So everything else is secondary. Awesome. Thank you. Where can where can people go to learn more about you and what you do? LinkedIn is the best place. Um, you can search Marquis Murray Q U I S um, on LinkedIn. Um, and if you're a systems person, um, I have a podcast called In Systems We Trust, where I talk about this stuff all the time because I just love it. So if you want to know more, um, you can pick whichever one works best for you. Great. Thank you so much and have a great day. Thanks, Virginia. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and leave some love through a review and I'll catch you on the next episode.